Hello, hello, welcome one and welcome all to the Around the World podcast. I am your host, the one, the only, Clark Van Deventer. All right, if you are new to the podcast, here's what we do. All right, five years ago, I was teaching a weekly social studies class at my house for my kids and their friends. That's how this whole thing started. And each week we visit a different country. So I love travel. It's a passion. For me, here's the way I put it, right? Travel is not my quest for perpetual bliss. As much as I love that blissful moment, that's not what I'm searching for. Travel is my continuing education. And there is nothing. All right, I won't say nothing. But there is little that has contributed more to my development as a human being than travel. All right, but I had this class at my house for these kids. And my kids were probably, well, five years ago, my two older kids who were in this class, they were 10 and 8. And every week we'd pick a new country and imagine what it would be like to visit that place. Where would we go What would we want to see? What would we be eating? And four years ago, I put this class online. And as they say, the rest is history. I took this class online in January of 2020. Then, of course, in March of 2020, just about every parent in the world was looking for online classes for their kids. And these classes took off. All right, so if you have kids, if you know kids, or if you are a kid, you can check out my class, Around the World with Mr. Clark at outschool.com. Just go to Outschool, search for me, the one, the only Clark Van Deventer. Or just go to the link, which is in the show notes. In the show notes to this podcast, I've got the link to my teacher profile page there. Just go there. Um, You can also find me on Instagram. I'm Clark Vand on the gram. C-L-A-R-K-V as in victory. C-L-A-R-K-V-A-N-D. Clark Vand on the gram. Usually posting pics of my kids, my travels, my bike, my runs. All right. Uh, The link in my bio on my Instagram page is my teacher profile page on OutSchool. All right. In addition to Around the World, I also teach a class called Around the USA, where we guessed it, or you guessed it, right? You guessed it. We visit a different U.S. state every week. I also have additional classes for kids, tweens, teens, right? Like depending on the the class, like there'll be a different focus. Uh, My students, all the way up to high school, senior in high school, some of my students for some of my classes. All right, so go check it out or email me if you have any questions, clarkvand at gmail.com. All right, I was happy to be back on the podcast this week. Happy to be back on Zoom with my students this week uh, because I took a week off because, all right, um, 
I'm constantly in search of authentic travel experiences and I like to get off the beaten path. But occasionally it is fun to go on the well-worn path. <laughs> and I was definitely on a well-worn path this past week. My daughter and I went on a Disney cruise. If there's ever like a well-worn path, it's a cruise ship. <laughs> but they're also awesome. Uh, and it was a Disney cruise. And Disney just, it's a whole nother level. So I'm a big student of customer experiences. And man, Disney, they just did something amazing. Went to Cozumel and Grand Cayman. But we're not talking about Cozumel. We're not talking about Grand Cayman. We're not talking about the Caribbean. On this episode of the podcast, we are continuing our journey through Africa. And this week we are going to two countries one of those countries is the youngest country in the world. All right, so Sudan and South Sudan. So sort of fun, and I had my students do this this week. I'm like, raise your hand if you were born before July 9th, 2011. If you were born before July 9th, 2011, you are older than the youngest country in the world. July 9th, 2011, that's the day that Sudan officially became independent from Sudan. All right, before this country was split in two, all right, when Sudan was Sudan and not Sudan and South Sudan, when it was the big country of Sudan, it was the biggest country in Africa. It was the largest country geographically on the African continent, all right? So now that it is two countries, now it is Sudan and South Sudan. So you take that smaller Sudan, it is now the third largest country on the African continent. So now it is trivia time. Can you, can you, dear listener, can you tell me the number one largest country on the African continent? All right, number one largest country on the African continent, or number one and number two largest country on the African continent. Do you have your answer yet? If Sudan is the third largest country on the African continent, what's number one? What's number two? All right, in class this week, I had a student shout out Nigeria. All right, now here's the thing. Uh, first of all, when you say Nigeria, when I had my student shout out Nigeria, I had to say, wait, wait, what'd you say? Because uh, maybe you're on to me here. Um, Nigeria is the number one most populous country on the African continent. All right. So this, right, the student's like, wait, what's the largest country on the African continent? And they've probably heard Nigeria somewhere, but that was about population. We're talking about landmass right? Nigeria is the most populous country on the African continent, the seventh most populous country in the world, more than 200 million people. But I am looking for the number one biggest country on the African continent by landmass, and that would be Algeria. So you can see why on a Zoom call where someone maybe spoke over someone, like, wait, they said Nigeria. Wait, did they say Algeria? No, they said Nigeria. Okay. Algeria is the number one biggest country on the African continent by landmass. 
Uh, number two, we were in this country on this podcast recently, uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo. All right, so number three, number three is Sudan. Sudan is home to about 45 million people. Uh, can you find it on the map? If I gave you a map of Africa, could you point out Sudan to me? Uh, it's right below Egypt. It also has more pyramids than Egypt. Did you know that? I, I, okay, confession. I always tell my students this. Guys, I don't know everything. I don't just have all this stuff in my head. I have to, I have to, sometimes, sometimes I relearn stuff. I think, I, like, yeah, at some point I remember hearing that Sudan had pyramids, but I kind of, I kind of relearned it for class this week. Um, all right. So more pyramids in Sudan than in Egypt. There are, I think, 118 pyramids in Egypt, more than 200 in Sudan. A different kingdom, though, different empire. The, we have the ancient Egyptians and the Egyptian pyramids. There's also the ancient kingdom of Kush. Maybe you've heard of the Kushites. Does that ring a bell, the Kushites? The Egyptians and the Kushites competed in many ways, but the, the rulers of the kingdom of Kush, they saw those Egyptian pyramids and they thought they were pretty cool and they wanted them. So they also emulated the Egyptians and they may not have been as grand as the grandest Egyptian pyramids, but they are substantial and they are impressive. Like they're really cool. Um, another cool thing about Sudan, this is where the Blue Nile and the White Nile converge. And this, okay, this one right here, this, this fact, this one seems like a significant one to have in your quiver. Like you've heard of the Blue Nile, you've heard of the White Nile, where do they converge? You should know the answer to this question, right? Like it feels like, this feels like a thing that we should know. Like the, the Nile is a thing. It's historically known as the longest river in the world. All right. And, and it is, I don't know if it's the longest river in the world. It is the longest or the second longest, but we are, we are not going to get in the, into that debate today. I'm not going to do it. Even though I love that debate, I'm not going to get into the debate. Is the Nile the longest river? on planet Earth. Whether it's the longest river or not, it has historically been known as the longest river on planet Earth and has historically been a very important river, right? And and you have these two tributaries or two rivers that join together to form the Nile. So you've probably heard of the Blue Nile and the White Nile. And they join together in the capital of Sudan. Um, Khartoum. All right, that's where the White Nile and the Blue Nile converge. Uh, Khartoum. Uh, the spelling K H A R T O U M. All right, but it, it's pronounced like cartoon, like you're watching a Bugs Bunny cartoon, but there's an M at the end, so Khartoum. So I just imagine how cool it would be to be there in Khartoum. I'm facing north, and I'm looking north at the Nile flowing northward, and it's going to flow into Egypt and eventually into the Mediterranean Sea. And on my left-hand side to the, 
to the west, there's the White Nile. And on my right, to the east, there's the Blue Nile. Right? Like, what a cool spot. Like, that would be a cool place to stand. Um, it's the White Nile where the Nile gets its distance. But it's the Blue Nile where it gets its water. All right? During the rainy season, about 85% of the water in the Nile comes from the Blue Nile. Okay, so Sudan is south of Egypt and south of Sudan. What country would you guess is south of Sudan? Hmm, wait, what's this podcast on today? Sudan and South Sudan. All right, so we got these two countries here. Sudan and South Sudan. Sudan has about 45 million people. South Sudan has about 11 million people. Why'd they break up? Right? Why the split? All right. The short answer is religion. Um, a slightly, slightly longer answer is culture. Um, they are religiously different, but they are also culturally different. Okay. So let's see how smart you are. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Because, right, my students, I have a lot of fifth graders in class. And, and it was pretty cool this week. To watch my students just follow this and fill in the blanks for me as I'm talking. So the two most widely practiced religions in the world. The two religions in the world with the greatest numbers of adherents. Right? Number one is, right? Okay, Christianity. Uh, number two is Islam. And Africa is pretty much evenly split between the two. All right? Roughly, these are these are rough numbers. But if we if we said that Africa is about 45% Christian and about 45% Muslim, we would be about right. And Africa is basically divided in half geographically, with the top half being predominantly one religion and the bottom half being predominantly the other. Uh, so the top half of Africa is Muslim, and the bottom half is Christian, all right? And again, this is roughly or predominantly or whatever. So if you had to guess what the conflict was in Sudan, you would guess that this was a religious conflict, right, with the northern part of Sudan, right, or, or just Sudan being you'd guess it would be Muslim, right? And you'd be right. And the southern part, or what we now refer to as South Sudan, would be predominantly, man, you're so smart. That's right, Christian. So civil war broke out in 1983. It's actually the longest civil war in the history of Africa, resulted in more than 2 million deaths and millions more being displaced. Um, so there was a movement in 1983 by the military regime to impose Sharia law on the whole country. Uh, the term was that they were trying to Islamicize the rest of the country. This led to insurrections in the South, led by the Sudan People's Liberation Army, also referred to as the SPLA. Fighting ended in uh, 2005. 
And the agreement that was struck in 2005 led to the birthing of a new nation, right? That is the nation of South Sudan, July 9th, 2011. All right, so yes, there was a religious conflict, but there was also a cultural conflict. There, culturally, these places are just different. So the nation of South Sudan is just much more ethnically diverse than the North or what we now refer to, it's just Sudan, right? Sudan is a much more homogenous culture. It is 90% Muslim. South Sudan has more than 60 major ethnic groups, all right? It's majority Christian, but where Sudan is 90% Muslim, South Sudan is 60% Christian. There's a significant Muslim minority, and right, there's 60 plus different ethnic groups just making it much more culturally diverse. So it, culturally and religiously, Sudan and South Sudan, just different. Um, capital of South Sudan, by the way, is Juba. Juba, also on the White Nile. Uh, one of the people we learned about this week, and this is actually the person I first learned about the Sudanese Civil War through. I was a kid. I was a kid from Indiana, which means I watched a lot of basketball. These were the Reggie Miller days in Indiana. But the biggest player in the NBA at the time, I mean, height-wise, was Manu Ball. Okay, if you're my age, I'm 43, and you're at all a basketball fan, you probably remember Manu Ball, seven feet, seven inches tall, and honestly, all heart. Um he is said to have lived off of very little of his NBA earnings, committed most of the money he made to humanitarian work in his war-ravaged home of Sudan. And when he wasn't playing basketball and making money and sending that money back to his home country of Sudan, he was involved in lots of humanitarian efforts uh, to, to send money right back to his war-ravaged home. Uh, played for the Washington Bullets, right now the Washington Wizards. Played for the Golden State Warriors, the 76, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, the Miami Heat. He died officially, officially at the age of 47 in Virginia. He is buried in South Sudan. All right, now, when I say he died officially at the age of 47. Um, okay, Manu Bull was from a tribe in Africa where there are lots of very tall people, all right? His mother was six feet, 10 inches tall. His father was six, eight. His ethnic group, the Dinka, are among the tallest people in the world. Uh, there was another uh, seven foot four inch guy from his same town who played in the European basketball leagues. But another thing about the, the village that he was from is that there's no birth records, right? There is no Manu Bull birth certificate. And he was recruited to play basketball in the United States by um, Cleveland State basketball coach, Kevin, uh, Kevin Mackey, 
who just like he wanted Manute Bowl to have eligibility. So he listed Manute Bowl at the age of 23. Now he never actually played. There's other eligibility issues. All right, but he would he just was trying to make sure Manute Bowl was going to be eligible. So it was like, how old is he? Oh, 23. But he has since said that he thinks he was in his 40s at the time. And, and that by the time he was wrapping up his NBA career, he was already in his 50s. So I, I how old was Manute Bull when he died? We don't we don't really know. We do know he was very, very tall. And if you look at pictures of him, he's like all arms and legs. All right, that's all I've got for you today. Next episode of the podcast will be Egypt, which I am very excited about because I have been to Egypt and it is amazing. All right, so excited to share that with you. As always, I would love to hear from you. Email is clarkvand at gmail.com. That's clarkvand at gmail.com. Of course, you can find me on Instagram, right? Clarkvand on the gram. And please, I would really, really appreciate it. Tell your friends about this podcast. Share it on Facebook, wherever you do all your sharing. And tell your friends about this podcast. Share it, rate it, review it. Give me some love. I would appreciate it because I love sharing these places with you. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.